Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino, the official hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. It's time for JT The Brick. Welcome in to our brand new coverage. We need to come in hardcore. Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. He gets the Raiders. He understands the Raiders. He's going to be a great Raider. Well, show it to me. No penalties. The only holes that I see on this team are linebackers. There's going to be some moments this year that are going to be tough sledding. Okay, one of them could be now. I got it all for you. Keep it PG. No, never happened. I'd like to get this show going the way I know how to get the show going. Our standard is high. We're coming. It's time to fire this thing up. What the hell are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from? JT the Brick. Hey, look at me. I'm the needy radio guy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We are ready to rock. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Are you with me? One guy kind of throws the fuel into the fire. So sound off like you got up here and get going. Use the phone like a weapon. We need to leave a wake of destruction. That's all I had this week for you. And now, Raider Nation Unite! Here's JT the Brick. JT with you live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'm inside the Raiders headquarters. Just bumped into Mick Lombardi in between the top of the hour, the offensive coordinator. Going to try to get him on the show soon and get everything rolling here with the offense. Josh McDaniel spoke to the media a little while ago. We played that. I'm sure Q's going to have a portion of that and everybody else coming off the win. I don't have to remind you, everybody, do I, that the Raiders won the game against the Green Bay Packers. What's the way to describe this game? Ugly. Just describe it the way it should be. It was an ugly bleeping win not an ugly loss now there's a lot of criticism when you come through when you come through a game and you have a win you got to look at it a little bit differently a little bit differently than you would look at it with a win than you would as a loss and I've been doing this long enough you've got to celebrate the victories these gentlemen work the coaches the people behind the scenes the men and women who work for this team they work so hard just to win And winning is hard, and that's not a cliche in the league. So when you win a game against the Green Bay Packers and you haven't won against the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay won the last eight in a row. So there's much more chaos in Green Bay today than there is in Vegas. Everybody's a little bit upset in Green Bay about the way they lost that game. And I think a lot of Raider fans should be looking at this saying, you know, they got a lot to clean up. And I hate that term, clean up. I've been telling you that. I've never liked it. I've never liked it because if you're going to clean it up, you should have had it cleaned up already. It's hard to do that, but when it comes to a win, take it because it could catapult the Raiders to more victories going forward. That's all I'm saying. Maybe this is the wake-up call for the Raiders going forward, and if it is, then the Raiders will have an opportunity to do something special the rest of the year. And what would be doing something special? Winning five out of six, winning six out of eight, be in consideration to come through and have an opportunity to make the postseason. I'm not guaranteeing the postseason. I didn't before the start of the year. The Vegas insiders are only talking about, what, six wins this year, six and a half wins? But what we have now is the opportunity for something really cool to happen. New England comes to town. We know that the coach used to work for New England, won six Super Bowls. The GM used to work for New England. We all know that everybody wants the game and they want the game badly. We all get that. Now let's go get the game. And how are you going to do it? They're going to have to play much smarter. They're going to have to be a team that comes out ready to play. And they're going to have to play really hard against New England because New England is borderline desperate right now. They are a desperate, desperate team. And I expect New England to play 
much better, much better than what they played like the last two games. They've been outscored 72 to 3 when it comes to that. 72 to 3, which is absolutely incredible when it looks like that. So let's take advantage of the format. Let's get going here and let's have an opportunity to win a game and get back to 3 and 3. A lot of fans I talked to yesterday thought the Raiders would be 4 and 2. I, I didn't. I had them at 3 and 3 after 6. I didn't have them at 2 and 3. But as I look at this, you, you think you're going to win a game? You're going to lose a game? I thought they were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I did. I thought Green Bay would be a little bit easier than New England. I thought New England would be a much tougher game when the schedule came out. Now New England looks like an easier game here. So all of this is happening. There's chaos around the league. There are so many fan bases around this league that are upside down. I mean, the 49ers are the best team in football. We know that. The best team in football. And then if you look at the rest of the teams, who are the best teams in football? The Eagles, the 49ers. I'll still give the Cowboys a lot of credit. Who's the best in the AFC? It's Kansas City. How dare we not say Kansas City? They're the Super Bowl champions. After that, you look around, Cincinnati's not the team they once were. The Chargers, I think, have a really good roster, but they're not great. You look at the AFC East, Miami is on the Raiders' schedule this year. They look to be a much tougher team. So we got a lot to look at here. But for the Raiders, that's who we care about most of the time on this show. The Raiders have to be better. They're looking better on defense. I mean, I thought there were a lot of defensive plays yesterday. I scratched my head. Marcus Epps got pulled into coverage. A receiver got behind him. I didn't think that looked good. I thought that Marcus Peters didn't play good man-to-man, up-close, physical football. Thought he gave receivers too big of a cushion. I thought the rest of the defense were trying to get a push on the other side with Tyree Wilson and Malcolm Kuntz. I think that's getting a little bit better. But overall, there's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do for both sides of the ball. Daniel Carlson missed two kicks. Two kicks in that game of 50 yards or more, kicking against his brother. Is that the end of the world? He kicked a kick late in the game that wasn't going to put it away, but would have given him a better cushion here. And that didn't happen. So I see a lot of things for this team to work on, all aspects of the team. They got to get the running game going. They got to get everything going. But I love the fact that they won the game. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Look, some of these games, I'm on the edge of my seat. Edge of my seat because I got to go do the postgame show. And I do that walk from the press box. I get in the elevator. I have to get on the elevator before the coaches get on at the end of the game. So I get on that elevator. I make sure I get on that elevator because I don't know how I'm going to get to where I need to if I'm not on that elevator. Then I walk to the Modelo Cantina Club, and it's a decent-sized walk from one side of the stadium to the other. And I, I interact with fans. Fans see me going there. I get there. I drop off my computer, and I get ready. And I'm just pretty amazed, pretty amazed that the fans were getting out of their seat. The fans were walking around. The fans were trying to find a way to you know, get back into their seats because the end of the game is coming down. And then I find a seat, and I sit down in the seat, and I just hope for the best. And a lot of times sitting in those seats before the game ends, a lot isn't for the best. Those are tough ways to end games. Raiders have lost a couple of games at Legion Stadium that are a little heart attacks, and they've won a couple of games. The Charger game that sent us to the playoffs. Remember the home opener against Baltimore a couple of years ago? Remember the first ever game? against True Breeze in New Orleans that they won. There's been been some good moments there. But last night, woo, last night, needed that one, man. 
I looked ahead. I got people in town visiting. Had a big weekend. I got a big weekend coming up here. We got a lot of events coming. We're doing the show from the golf course at Shriners Open coming up. We're going to have on Chris Powell momentarily to talk about the Speedway. NASCAR's got a big event coming up. So with everything here, we are excited to be two and three, considering it could have been one and four. Even had a fan who said we could be 0 and 5. I'm like, stop that. Stop saying that. Try to find something that will benefit the show, but we're open to criticism. And the criticism is on third and fourth down calls. The criticism is who hasn't shown up and popped as these draft picks, right? Byron Young, Tyree Wilson, Jacorian Bennett. Who's going to pop in this draft class? And then the other big thing I think is a huge deal is the issue to come in here and hope that the quarterback plays better. My biggest criticism now is the guy I like a lot, and I've only met him a few times, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's not playing well. He's not. He's not seeing the field. He's not throwing deep, and he's got to turn it around. we got an incredible week coming up here with all the events, the WNBA Finals. The event, the Sphere just opened up with you 2 The Raiders are in town again. You go down the list of all the events that are here in front of us. The Golden Knights dropping the puck as the Stanley Cup champs. No event is bigger and has a bigger history and a bigger crowd size than what's happening at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The South Point 400, Chris Powell joins us, the longtime president of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And Chris, I like to get out of the way and let you promote this event because no one does it better. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Jake Brick, and I apologize for being a little bit tardy today. I was in one of those high-level meetings. You know how that works. Uh, Las Vegas Motor, Motor Speedway, we've got so many things going on. Uh, one of the things that we've got, well, obviously we've got our NASCAR South Point 400 this weekend on Sunday and the ALSCO 302 on Saturday, the Xfinity race. We're right in the heart of the NASCAR playoffs, and it's really coming down to it. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing unfolds with all those drivers out there competing for the the big prize at the end of the season, and the end of the season is not far off, which is what makes this weekend so big here in Las Vegas. And we're honoring a legend each year in the fall now. We honor a, a legend from the days when NASCAR was really finding its footing in Rusty Wallace, the 1989 NASCAR Winston Cup champion, will be here with us this weekend and helping us promote this event. And we've got a suite with Rusty's name on it where if he's going to hang out and some race fans are going to be with him and those tickets are still available. So it's just a it's just a big, big weekend. We do a lot for charity, as you know, JT, and we're going to have a, a charity blackjack tournament featuring some of the stars of NASCAR will be out at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on uh, Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. for a big blackjack tournament. Rusty will be there as well as Kevin Harvick and a few others. And, you know, we've got the Hall of Parade around the property on Friday morning, late morning. We've got autograph sessions. We've got, we're going to have the world's fastest wedding in history take, take place during a Kevin Harvick pit stop on Sunday during the NASCAR. South Point 400. So you name it, we've got it going on out here. Chris, I love the fact that the playoffs, you get the second race. Vegas is so important. Uh, The ability to take care of all these NASCAR fans, the tourists, those who want to get in and out of the track easily, on top of all the big events here in Vegas. When you were looking for that playoff race, and we talked to you around that time, and now you're knocking it down and having that race, how important is this here? Because these drivers, the way the playoffs are set up with these elimination brackets here, 
I think you see better racing, more competitive racing, more on the line. You you see better racing, uh, certainly at the end of the races, but also in the middle of the races with the stage because those points carry over throughout the playoffs. You've got a really tight race among William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. and and, uh, Denny Hamlin. Kyle Larson is right there. Anything could happen, and uh, just whoever wins this race this weekend, if he's in the playoffs, he will guarantee himself in the round of four, uh, which will be in the final race at Phoenix here in a few weeks. So, you know, just every single lap really counts now, and that's pretty much what NASCAR was aiming to do when they created this playoff structure, and that is to make sure that that the drivers are competing as diligently as they possibly can and rubbing is racing, as they say, and that's what makes for great excitement on the racetrack. Chris Powell is our guest, the president of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Financially with the track and everything that goes on around the track and what you're giving away to charity and the business of NASCAR, how's it evolved since you've come into the business and especially now with the growth of Las Vegas and how important this event is? Well, one of the things that is is just amazing uh, you know, as you mentioned, I'm the longtime president of the Speedway. 25 years hardly seems like I've been here too, uh, but we've seen a lot of growth here in Las Vegas. It's just absolutely amazing, and we're very proud that I think we're really the most successful. We've been the most successful sports enterprise to come, professional sports enterprise to come to Las Vegas, and we sort of set the tone for this city to show that it could put on major, major sports events and. Uh, I'd like to believe we had some small role in in paving the way for great organizations, whether it's the Golden Knights or the Raiders or the Aces or the soccer team. You know, no matter what it is, uh, we have proven here at the Speedway that this city can put on great sport events. And uh, and obviously, with the growth of this town, and we're very deserving of all these franchises that we have here, it has just been amazing to see what we've been able to do in this city, which I now call home. I mean, I'm not just here for for uh, for professional reasons. I'm here for the long term, my family as well, and it is just an amazing city. And it it makes it it makes it a joy to promote not only our events but the city you come to, because we do draw so many fans from across the country. We draw draw many from Canada. Uh, whether it's our March NASCAR weekend or our October NASCAR weekend, they come from many, many different outposts throughout the country and internationally. And they come here, and they're not only spending their money here at the Speedway, but they're spending their money on the Strip, whether it's the hotel rooms or the travel or you know the great restaurants and the gaming and the, and the retail options. Uh, there are just so many things that inure uh, the, 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 our speedway to this city, and uh, and we love promoting here, and we love promoting our our area, and everybody at the LVCVA, Steve Hill, and everyone, they do a tremendous job helping us promote, and uh, we like to think that we help them promote the destination as well. Chris Powell, as we wrap it up, I was talking to Jeff Motley, does such a great job. VP of Communications with everything that was going on, UNLV, UNR, media days for several college basketball conferences. I mentioned the Shriners and two Golden Knights home games and two Raiders games. But when it comes to the crowd size, please tell everyone the significance of the amount of people that come to your track and continue to come here and fuel the economy of Vegas. Because there are a lot of our listeners who think Allegiant Stadium 
is the biggest property here for sports. Not the case. Or T-Mobile Arena or some of the other events. we got F1 coming, the Super Bowl here. But you're still the big boy on the block, Chris, for the volume of fans who are able to come in and out, and you accommodate them all. That's exactly right. And as I was saying, they come from all over and internationally as well. And uh, it's not just about those who come to town throughout the course of the race weekend and the race week. It's also the people that we hire during the course of a race weekend because we bring so many locals in who might otherwise not have that opportunity to work and make money and provide for their families. During our race weekends, we hire thousands of part-time workers to help us out put on these great events, and we try to indoctrinate them into the Las Vegas Motor Speedway way of thinking uh, that we smile and say thank you, and we say you're welcome when anyone says thank you to us. And mm-hmm. we try to provide what I think is the the right kind of experience for fans who come in, especially those from out of town, because, you know, 30, 40 years ago, maybe Las Vegas had a, had a reputation for really only wanting your money. Well, we certainly continue to want the the money of those tourists who come into town, but we want to make sure they want to come back. And uh, and I think that's one of the things our our city stands for is great hospitality, and we try to emulate that here at the Speedway, and it's a very good relationship. It's amazing, and that's why we love having you on a couple of times a year. Chris, tell us all about how to get tickets, where to go to the website, how to get out there, because I want to encourage everyone to go. As long as you go, you stay for the whole race, you get in there for all the events, especially the Anthem, which I think is one of the most important events we have in Vegas all year. How do we get people out there? Yes, sir. It's uh, JT. It's LVMS.com. Log on and click on tickets, or just give us a simple call at 702-644-4444. We've still got left. We're going to have a great crowd, and the racing is going to be spectacular. Thank you, Chris. I'll see you out there. Always appreciate your time. Thank you, JT. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. You got it. Chris Powell, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, their president. This is the biggest event in town, volume-wise nothing's even close the amount of people that they bring in and out of the track and they're so hospitable they put on a great time he mentioned the volunteers that was one of my questions down the line all the people that get a chance to work the race from selling water to cooking burgers to work in security it truly is a massive event on top of everything that's going on this weekend let me repeat this again for our out-of-town listeners this goes back to last week when nascar kicked off here starting this week Two Raider home games, two Golden Knight home games, Shriners PGA event. The Aces are in the WNBA finals. UNLV plays UNR in the rivalry cannon game. And then you got a couple of basketball conferences in here also for their media days. And we accommodate all of it. We accommodate all of it. And it's incredible. And it normally always goes out without a hitch. And now we have U2 playing at the Sphere and all the other concerts that are out on the Strip. It truly is a great time to be in Las Vegas, and the Raiders are coming off a win. Thor of the Black Hole checking in. Thanks for going, calling in, Thor. Big Raider victory. Woo, JT, baby. Did we need that victory, man? I'm, 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 man, I missed you out there. My bad. I was, I was running a little late. Monday's a little different, you know. But, but anyway, it was, it was a great, great victory, man. And, and and if people aren't excited about getting a victory, I kind of question them because I don't care by hook, by crook, you got to find a way to win games, man. You can't win two, three in a row till you get that first one. We got that one in, the defense. I'm excited because the defense is, is way, is looking 
way better than we were. You know, they're they're more on pace. Now we just need the offense to start turning it around. Sure, but we're five games into the season. It's a long way to go. We we get this offense turned around with the talent we have on it. Now we know we can. I'm excited that this team can can do something, make a good run at the playoffs. You know, I'm not there with Super Bowl contender necessarily, but I'm definitely there with we can turn it around and make a solid run at the playoffs. And you never know what happens then. Catch lightning in the bottle. I don't know. Let's go, JT. I'm just happy we won the game, man. I'm happy. I'm excited, and I'm ready for next week. Beat New England. Let's go. Thanks, Thor. Appreciate you checking in. Black Hole for life. Thor checking in. Look, I'm not looking at a Super Bowl. I'm looking at a very productive season with a lot more improvement to come. That's all. I just want to have more platforms, the podcasts, the TV shows, this show, when we're talking about the Raiders getting better. And they should be better because the coaches and the players are paid to be great. They're not paid to be good. They're not paid to be competitive. They're paid to win. Before Al Davis, but the majority of Al Davis's time in the NFL, this organization is judged by victories. So just getting out of Allegiant Stadium with a win, that's a big deal. But now you got to play better football. And I can't wait for this week to talk about the Patriots because this has got to be the game where the Raiders' offense gets better. The Raiders' offense is the only team in football not to score over 20 points. That is crazy to me. The only team in the entire league. And they're better than a lot of these bad teams that have worse records. I don't know what's going on, but I think they can fix it. And we're going to be fair. And we're going to be critical and talk about how they're going to be able to do it. Levi Edwards from the digital team will come in. We're excited about that. Thanks to Tommy White and the 872 Laborers who hosted me yesterday. They built the stadium on time and on budget. Love is under center. He's got Patrick Taylor behind him. Play action again. Eyes downfield. Over the middle. Batted up in the air. Picked off Spillane. His second interception of the night. And he's tackled at the 42-yard line. Amik Robertson got his hand on the football to bat it up in the air. And Robert Spillane was in the right place at the right time. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden at the Fashion Show Mall. Better quality and lower prices. JT, back with you. Nice play by Amik Robertson, right? He had the game-ending interception. He had that deflection. Nice game for him. I've stated on the post-game show last night that he should start. If you, you need to get rewarded on this team. Now, if someone is injured and they come back and they're activated and the coach is going to make them a starter, that's much higher up than my pay grade. But I think if you play well and you're outperforming another player who plays your same position, you should be rewarded with more snaps or the ability to start. I want to thank Remy Martin. They team up for excellence. Everything that Remy has done in this town is fantastic. All of the restaurants and bars where you can get Remy Martin tremendous cocktails, the Quantro, you look at everything they've done for us over the years, and I love it. My friends are out here in town, and there's Remy Martin product throughout my house and all the restaurants that we go to. Remy Martin is one of my proudest, longest-standing clients here and partners on the radio. Remy Martin, team up for excellence as we continue on. So Levi Edwards from the digital team, he was at the press conference today. He will join us here in studio in a few minutes. Looking forward to talking to him as we continue on. What a busy day today. I like it this way. We are busy. Uh, here's Nash in Houston listening on the Raiders mobile app. Hello, Nash. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, yep. uh, you know, when Josh 
got here. I mean, I always thought it was a three-year plan, and you know, we're going to kind of see how it goes. And I guess uh, excited for the win, but by the same token, you know, I'll have more confidence in our offense when Josh does. And by that, uh, two examples I think was one is right there towards half where he didn't call the timeout, and then uh, we run the the first first uh, play, and then Green Bay calls the timeout because they're trying to get the ball back where it was like we were just kind of playing it safe. And so I think that speaks to what Josh, his concerns with our offense. And then there in the, in the fourth quarter there at the end, in, in my mind, a, a field goal truly doesn't help you that much. And to me, that sends a message to the team when you're going to go for it because in the press conference afterwards, then you can say, yeah, because I, I got J.J., I, I think we can get that yard. I'm going to do that. Or, hey, if we don't, I trust my defense. So, I mean, to me, I think that sends a signal that he's got as much pause about the offense as fans do. Yeah. Uh, as, as as far as uh, defense, I agree with you, Meek. Uh, I mean, just, again, he is the only player left in the draft class of 2020. So, uh, and, and guy that, uh, as uh, others have said, just probably a lot of people looked at and said, won't he make the 53? And he's just a guy that just grinds and does it. So, yeah, you want to reward him with playing time and being out there and being being a dog. And the last thing I'll just say is, again, I, I, I think uh, Hunter doesn't fit into our offense anymore. And if we can get assets for him, we need to trade him because really what we need is that speed, rather that's with uh, Trey Tucker or whoever it may be, to stretch the field out of that slot. And, you know, when you got uh, Jacoby Myers as your number two, you don't need Hunter. And when Hunter did catch 100 balls, I mean, the guys he was out there with were – Zay Jones and uh, 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 Brian Edwards. So mm-hmm. a little bit different receiving class here. So right. excited about the win. I hate I hate playing a, a wounded uh, a wounded tiger coming in because they looked horrible. And usually teams, you know, are going to have some pride and come back in and look here. So we're going to have another tough battle come Sunday. So yep. appreciate the time. Thank you. Excellent phone call. There's a lot on that phone call that I want to get to. How much confidence is there in the offense now? It doesn't look like a lot. I think that everybody's confident in each other, the coaches with the players, players with the coaches, game day. Everyone has that confidence. They all work together. They love each other. They work together. They practice together. They go to meals together. They all have confidence. But when the game comes down to the wire, Coach McDaniels has had so many difficult decisions that are being questioned by the fans going forward or kicking. I watch a lot of football for a number of reasons. I don't see teams dealing with as many through five that are being scrutinized as much as Coach McDaniels. That comes with the territory. If you didn't hear the press conference today, I'd recommend going back when he talked about going for it compared to being an offensive coordinator and a head coach. And the coach just doesn't look at the win rate of going for it and say it's conclusive. He also looks at the defense, who's playing, who's injured, who's not at 100%. A lot goes into it. So I have a lot of respect for how difficult the decision is for Coach McDaniels to go out there and make the right call. I just wish the offense flew more aggressively through Devontae. That's all I've said. I haven't said anything else about Josh. I don't think Josh Jacobs is playing well. At a super high level, he is as a receiver, but he's not running at a level that is just over the top. Hunter Renfro, there's a good chance he could get traded. I don't know anything. I'm not saying I know anything, but if they're not going to use him, And you can get a defensive player, but I'd like to see Hunter stay because I believe if the Raiders get hot and they're able to win five of six or six of eight, Hunter could get a lot of balls and all of a sudden be an impact guy. 
But I'm a Devontae guy. I'm a Devontae guy. I think that the 50-50 balls need to come to him. I think that third and short, anything third and five, third and six, when the Raiders try to run it, they struggle with it because they don't have a great offensive line. At times, the offensive line is average. Colt Miller is a very good player. The rest of them are not elite offensive linemen. So don't you understand that's why they're not moving the chains on every third and three and third and four? No one calls me when Josh Jacobs gets the ball on third and three and comes up short. No one calls me. But when it is third and three and he doesn't get the ball or they kick on fourth down, everybody calls me. That's the nature of the beast and the business. That's what happens. You always second-guess the coach for the decisions that are made. But in real time, some of these decisions are really important to try to close out and win the game. Jorge in San Jose, you're up next on Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. I want to call also when the Raiders win, not just when they lose. You feel me? So, yep. you know, I I was really glad to, to see our defense step up. I think part of the narrative of the offseason was that they – they were working on catching these balls. They were working on these tip drills. And so they proved it this game. It's just about consistency. And, you know, you, you made an interesting point about, you know, people not calling in when, when Jacobs isn't able to get those three, you know, third down and twos, third downs and threes. You know, sometimes what I noticed in, in last night's game was, you know, he's getting hit. And I know Josh Jacobs is a, is a workhorse. I know he's a slippery guy. And I know he can evade tackles and, and, and cut. But, when he's getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage, three yards, and, and these defensive tackles are just dominating our guards and our centers, you know, I truly believe, you know, that Andre James is, is not going to get any better. You know, I think he's consistent, and I don't see him improving. But, you know, I, I do think we need to invest in a right tackle. Um, it was good to see uh, other players uh, get the ball. But, man, we need to keep these, uh, these drives going. And I do hope that this is a confidence booster for the team and for Coach, too. I think Coach is, is still adjusting to making these decisions, and he's got to be better. He's got to be better, but, you know, we got the W onto the Patriots, and uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. The most critical I was in the entire game was third and six at the Green Bay 38. 235 to go in the fourth quarter, shotgun, Amir Abdullah up the middle for four yards. I was in shock because I said to myself, Amir Abdullah is a fine player. The players that were out there who were paid a lot more money to be here to close out that game, I would have gotten a six-yard, seven-yard slant to Devontae. I would have found Hunter Renfro there because they never find him. I think he would have been open. I would have gone to Michael Mayer, whatever it was, and they came up short. And then the decision was fourth and two, not fourth and one, Fourth and two, Daniel Carlson, 52-yard field goal, no good. It hit the right upright. So I'm sitting here in the building, in the headquarters. I don't know why Amir Abdullah got the ball on that play. I think they thought that he could get six yards or it was two down territory and he'd get a little bit more. And then on fourth and one, they'd give it to Josh, whatever it was. I'm still talking Devontae. Give Devontae that touch. And I know you want to run the clock. So a lot went into that decision, and I'll get some clarity on it this week. Levi Edwards joins us from the digital team, always kind enough that we could get him in studio. Man, I was, I'm just happy they won because if they didn't win and they played that way on offense, it would have been a much different Tuesday for both of us. Much different. Uh, it's very good being here after a win, Yep, for sure. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. 
Uh, it doesn't have to be pretty in a lot of cases. Uh, something that Josh McDaniel said uh, in his uh, post-game locker room speech was all you have to do is be one point better than them, and they were. Yeah, I think they were, and I think they had to be uh, great at that time. They were in a position where, hit the mic, we're good to go. We'll get Levi again. You just got to win the game by one, as we're good. But I think there was a little bit of scrutiny there with why the offense isn't playing at the level it's not. And you're at the game, and then you look at the tape, and then you write a lot of content about it this week. Does it feel like they're getting close where it's going to pop? Because if they're the only team that doesn't have a 20-point game in the entire league— that's open to criticism, but I'm optimistic that once they find it, the offense is going to be explosive. I think people are just very critical of it from the standpoint of you look at this offense on paper and they should have no problem putting up points. Right. Because you have the rushing champion, you have you know top five, top three, top one receiver in the league right now, arguably. You have Jacoby Myers, you draft Michael Mayer. For production, uh, you have a okay offensive line. So Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, winning quarterback. So a lot of people look at this and they're like, okay, well, why aren't they scoring more? And I think it really just has to do with everyone still getting on the same page. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just look at football teams and they're like, okay, well, you should have everything figured out after training camp. You know, you have all this time in training camp. You have all these guys come in. You need to be 100% greatest team on paper you know, on the field week one, and it just doesn't work out like that. It takes time. So I think with the pieces that are in place, uh, they're going to get it together. Uh, it's really only a matter of time and just also putting people in the best situations possible to succeed. Levi Edwards is our guest. What are you optimistic about? Let's start on the defensive side. What What did you see change as you were in the locker room last week? Now you're in the locker room after this game last night that you think the Raiders and Patrick Graham might have found something. For sure, and this is – I believe it's starting to become a pattern. I know coming into the season, a lot of people were questioning the defense because a lot of people were like, okay, well, did they give Max enough surrounding him to be able to make plays and do stuff? And it's one of those things. That's the elephant in the room, you know? I'm not going to act like that's what people weren't talking about on the outside. Even Max said I'm not going to act like people weren't talking about it from the outside. So what I've seen is a lot of people that know their role Mm-hmm. And they play their role to the best of their ability. And I think you can also say that, JT. You don't have a whole lot of you know, pro bowl, all pro guys on this defense, but you have guys that are going to go out there and they're going to do what they're told. I think Patrick Graham moving up to the box and kind of, you know, because Patrick point. Graham is a low-key genius. You know, uh, Ivy League guy, mm-hmm. he knows defenses very well. So I think he can kind of look over the field, be able to pick apart what's going on and be able to relay that back on the field. And I think that's been – Huge as well. What you were saying about Graham, I think he's definitely starting to get into his groove with, with play calling and putting people in the right positions. So you have guys like Devon Diablo, Robert Spillane, even Tyler Hall yesterday, and Meek Robertson coming up with that play. You have a lot of guys that aren't household names, but they're just doing what they're supposed to do. And that's honestly what you have to have on a defense. Levi Edwards is our guest. So we spent a lot of the show uh, discussing how does Meek Robertson get more time? Does he deserve it? I didn't think his technique was great on that last play. He didn't have the leverage on the right side, but he made up for it with his athletic ability going up and getting it. Uh, that was a big play for him because I think he's deserving of more playing time. And I think that Marcus Peters, I'm questioning him more and more. I'm surprised I'm doing that. I don't think he's playing physical enough. And Robert Splane had a monster game. 
monster game. Two interceptions. He's never had more than one. So I give him a lot of credit. So what do you think about uh, rewarding players coming off big games and maybe getting more snaps, 10, 15 more snaps? Well, the coaching staff uh, has said it since they've been here. You earn your reps in practice. Yes. You know, if you go in practice, you have a good week. You do what you're supposed to do. You know, that's the best preparation for the game. You deserve to get more playing time in the game. And Mick Robertson is a guy that I've closely looked at since I've been here. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that really, when you look at him on film, all he lacks is size. He has the physicality. He has the speed. He has the technique. Really, his only downfall is the fact that he's 5'9 and going up against six foot two, six foot three corners on the outside on a weekly basis. And then you put him in the slot. He plays a little bit better there because of his ability to be physical and kind of line up against people. But I've always thought Amik is a good corner. Uh, and I'm really happy to see him get more opportunities that he's earning. And not only just him, guys like Tyler Hall that stepped up. He was a guy that came in, you know, and did a lot of things last year, found his way back on the practice squad this year. And then when he got elevated, he did a lot of good things. Uh, Roger Teemers, another guy who in the little minute of time he gets on defense, he does good things. So you, you just have a lot of guys doing doing what they can with their role. Levi Edwards, our guest, he joins us in studio. I, I love the fact that there's some guys on this team now that are they're not only not selfish, but they always talk team first. That's Devontae. Last night, I don't think it would have got ugly with a loss. But Devontae, we had Paul Gutierrez on the pregame. He did a long piece on Devontae Adams. And I'm just happy we won the game. We the season ticket holders because if we didn't, going into that locker room with Devontae only getting four targets and four receptions could have been, I won't say dicey, but interesting to hear what he had to say. He was all team. All about the defense winning the game. I love that. And he doesn't fake it. It's sincere. Then they go to Max Crosby in front of his locker. And all he talks about is, I want to get better. I want to get better. I want to be the best. I'm always the best, but I want to get better and better. I love how humble the captains are. So when people outside this building, Levi, say, well, the locker room's in this place. No, it's not. Josh Jacobs, Devontae, you're in there, and Max Crosby. What's the message coming from those players to the rest of the team? The message is very clear, and that's there's one stat that matters, and that's a win. You know, you can have all the sacks you want. You can have all the receiving yards you want, all the touchdowns you want. You can do all of this great things that get you paid. But at the end of the day, these guys are competitors. These guys want to win. So it doesn't matter how they do it. They don't really necessarily care about their stat line. As long as they win, you know, that's all that matters. I'm pretty sure Devontae Adams would feel a lot better coming out of this game with the amount of volume and the amount of catches he had out of a win than him going off for two touchdowns and 170 yards like he did two weeks ago against the Steelers in a loss. I'm pretty sure he feels better coming off of this game than he did that game. You feel me? So it's really just uh, competitors in that locker room and the captains saying, I want to win. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. And when you have your top guys have that mentality, the rest of the team buys in. Last one, what's the upside now? Because New, uh, New England's not going to play as bad. They're not. They've, they've, they've given up 72 points to three in the last two weeks. Belichick's too good. They are going to play better. And I don't think the Raiders are coming off an emotional high victory. I don't think they played well for most of the game, other than the defense. So I think their ego should be in check. I know you're early in your prep for this game. Give us one big point this week, Levi, that you're looking at for this Patriot game. It's going to be a chess match. It's two guys that know each other very well. Mm-hmm. 
And when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter how good or bad the Patriots have looked on film. It doesn't matter how good or bad, you know, the, the stats look and players being banged up. Bill Belichick knows Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels knows Bill Belichick. It's going to be a, a tight matchup in terms of play calling and trying to get after each other. And what I can say about the Patriots, despite whatever inadequacies they've had recently, is they play hard. Yeah, and that's do. and that's something that I feel the Raiders have been able to do a lot better recently. But the effort, you know, has to be there, and they're playing teams that are going to be giving their full effort. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. That's a great point by you, Levi Edwards. Everybody, follow him on all social media. You nailed it. These are two really hard playing teams. Hard. They play hard. They get to the ball. It'll be great to take a look at your analysis this week. Thanks for coming in studio. Appreciate you, JT. Levi Edwards brought to you by Grimaldi's Hands Down My Favorite Pizza. I'll be there tonight with my crew from Boca Park. Four locations here in the Valley. That's the one you'll find me, Grimaldi's. Pizzeria.com. Truly the best pizza I've ever had. Taylor to the right of Love. Two receivers each way. Shotgun snap. Three-step drop. Eyeing the middle. Pressure up the middle. Love out of the pocket. Throws downfield for the end zone. Intercepted! Amik Robertson in the back corner. Picks it off in front of Watson. And the Raiders defense just seals the victory here in Vegas. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas. The newest property on the Strip. You know, Brian Baldinger from NFL Network does a great job breaking down every team, every team's games, and he puts it out quickly. He tweeted out eight hours ago, Raiders, so many contributors to the W on Monday Night Football, and he showed Amik Robertson's play on the Baldy breakdown and some of the physical defense there at the end of the game. Again, it's not going to be perfect, man-to-man coverage, cover two, what they're doing, soft coverage, zone, but Patrick Graham's gotten better. And you know how many phone calls I've taken on Patrick Graham getting better? None. Because that's what I'm dealing with here. And I love my job. I love the space I have. I just call it the way I see it. I was really hard on the Raider Nation today for some of the immature behavior on social media, quitting on the team. The great Raider fans, I'm not talking to them. But you know who I'm talking to, even the diehard Raider fans. You got a couple of clown shows around you, and they don't give credit when it's ever due. They never give credit, and they're trying to tear down the team before every game. We do not do that here. We're critical. We're always critical. Those who don't think we are don't listen to the show. They just assume we're not. Been critical of the play calling, kicking threes instead of going for it on fourth down, whatever we need to do. And I, and I have to look the coach in the eye and interview him. I'm the guy who interviews him every week. So everything I say here, I'm assuming everybody's going to hear it. But I think a lot of Raider fans need to clean up that Twitter mess around them and remind people here, be as critical as you want, but get behind the team. And the team won the game, and they won a hard-fought physical game. If you were fortunate enough, and I'm not able to do it because I host the postgame, to get in the locker room and see these guys take off their tape and limp to the shower and come back there and have to get treatment before they even talk to the media, you would understand that they deserve the respect that they should be getting from everyone for trying to win. This team plays hard. They're not a great team, and they're an evolving team. But they play hard, and that's a very important aspect of hopefully good things happening. Tequila Commissario, the most award-winning tequila fact. You can see the medals, the gold and the platinums. You'll immediately notice the packaging. One sip, you'll experience how smooth it is. 
Gavin Maloof came in with the reserve bottle for me. Everyone who had it at my house was blown away. How do I get that? It's the Ferrari of tequila, and they're a proud partner of our show. Raider Reggie, who you always see on that Coors Light commercial, man. You always see (laughs) Raider Reggie rocking back in those seats. How are you, man? (laughs) Man, you crack me up. I love you, brother. All the way back to your your, uh, call-in days. But, you know, it's been some crazy stuff going on in my life. I try my best to call in. It's it's been times I call and I just don't get in. But I'm glad I didn't get in some of those times because I probably would have been that clown talking crazy because I got to that point. You know, I got to almost giving up hope. But one of the things about this game, it actually showed the things that I've been wanting to see. You don't need perfection. You don't need to have everybody the best ever. You just need everybody to give their 100% effort in each play. Win your personal battle. Battle. Win your personal battle. I win mine. He wins his. And together we win that play. And it's play by play you got to be like that. You can't come out here slow motor looking and getting punched in the mouth and then not react. So that play at the end, when Amik went up, I was not at the game. I'm watching. I'm so upset because he got burned on the beginning of that play. And there the ball went. The fact that he made up for that being burnt and turn around and find that ball, that's 100% effort. That's why I wanted to call today. I wanted to be able to say, I appreciate. Matter of fact, I wrote it down. I said, I'm not going to talk about the negative things I see yes. in offense. I'm going to talk about the good things I've seen from these players on defense. Reggie, so got to run. You, Appreciate Matt. it. I wish I had more time for me. i got to wrap right it up. On. You hear the music. Right You're on. the best. Good to see you. I'll see you at the next home game, which is coming up against the Patriots. Jared, amazing job on the board. We had a lot going on today with guests. Chris Powell joined us. Levi Edwards, Harry Ruiz. Appreciate Alexandra, everybody here at the facility who put the show together. And big shows the rest of the week. We get into our grid and all of our regular guests. And a couple of New England Patriot insiders as we got a game coming up on Sunday on a short week. Raiders Roundtable tomorrow. My YouTube Live is coming up. Go to YouTube and subscribe at YouTube. JT the Brick YT. Busy week. Raiders coming off a victory. Q's on deck with a big show. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.